0: Come <laughs> on! Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. (laughs) What's going on, everyone? It's the Golf Bros, Mitchell and Spencer, coming to you with another episode of Big Drive Energy. Today's episode, as you can tell by the intro, is all about money. We're going to talk about PGA Tour money. We're going to talk about Club Pro money. We're going to talk about betting with your friends. We're going to talk about the difference between Club Pros and, and PGA Tour pros, which is...
1: It's really not that crazy of a difference.
0: There's a chasm the size of eight grand canyons between uh, us club pros and and pga tour pros themselves um, but before we get into that we're going to talk about how you can best bet with your buddies
1: yeah so if you want to make some money you got to bring your buddies out hopefully the dumb ones the ones that are wearing all the vineyard vines and all the expensive stuff Got some of that. The Puma, the
0: all orange.
1: Yeah, they think they're hot shit, but they're not. So you got to bring those guys out, first of all. Then you got to get a little game going. But the best way to get a game going, unless you can just beat them straight up, is you definitely want to get a handicap. And a handicap is what makes golf equal. It's one of the only sports in the world where, other than betting, like actual betting, like handicap and betting go hand in hand because if you think about it, if you look at NFL lines, like we got week one coming up, right? So the Houston Texans are plus 9.5 at some places. Hopefully on the DraftKings Sportsbook, they're plus 10 because I'm going to bet them.
0: So that's like me giving you 10 strokes.
1: Exactly, So it's <laughs> exactly, which maybe makes it a fair game. But basically what that means is that the Houston Texans need 10 points to make that an even game, and that's how Vegas sets up their lines is they want to make it even. They don't care who's, on, who's betting on what. They want both sides of the bet to be even so they make the juice— and no matter what, Vegas wins. Vegas always wins, no matter what.
0: And if you don't know what the juice is, real quick, you ever notice if you're taking a sports bet or anything, it's minus 110, minus 115. That minus, that 10 or 15 is the juice. Um, so it's not even odds across the board. So if there's even money on both sides, they're getting, it's about 9% to 11% of every single bet if the money's equal on both sides. But basically what we're saying is, Getting a handicap evens things out. It makes anything an even money game.
1: Yeah, and rounding that out. How do you get a handicap, you're wondering? Well, you get a CGA membership. And How do you get a CGA membership? You sign up for a DNVR golf membership. So sign up for that DNVR golf membership. Upgrade your regular DNVR membership to a golf membership. Using our code BDE, you get $10 off of that golf membership. If you upgrade from your regular one to your golf one, or if you're not a DNVR member, you should become one. It's awesome. We got football starting. The Rockies are in mid-swing. The Nuggets are still in the playoffs. It's a great time to go to the bar. Mitch and I spend a lot of our time there. They're probably getting sick of us blacking out and in And a fair the amount of
0: money. If we're talking about money, we've spent an assload of money at the DNVR bar. Oh, yeah.
1: I get kind of worried every time I walk up to the bar and see my tab. But, you know, that's how it goes. When you're having a good time, you're watching your team win, you want to spend a lot of money. So get that DNVR golf membership, use our code BDE to get $10 off. You get a CGA membership, which gets you a handicap. You input some of your scores, keep those scores. That way you can get a handicap and you can bet with your friends and you can say, hey, I got this handicap. You got this handicap. You should probably give me five to ten strokes and that makes the game a little more fair because that's what's amazing about this game is you, i could play someone as a I, I call myself a scratch golfer that's probably not accurate let's go with mitchell mitchell calls himself a scratch golfer he's pretty close to one which means he shoots even par scratch means basically every time you go out to play you're expected to shoot even par so your handicap is probably around zero but he could go out with somebody who's a 25 30 handicap and in a game, if he gave him 25, 30 strokes, usually you give a little less because handicaps can kind of be inflated.
0: That's like a death sentence for me, by the way. But Absolutely. We'll get into that a little bit.
1: And But if you give somebody 25 to 30 strokes, it can make the game fair. On
0: paper, it's an even game. Yeah,
1: it, it's an even game between the two players. So you don't necessarily have to play with people your level. Just get that handicap, become a DNVR golf member, become a CGA member. You also get discounts with us. You can email us at any time, Bros at the dnvr.com to set up lessons any of that if you want to get better want to get that handicap down let's say you're already a dnvr golf member email us we'll do some lessons we still got a lot of fall left a lot of great golf in colorado so email us at the golf bro not the golf pros, but golf pros at the dnvr.com and we can get your fittings we can get your lessons we can get you all that stuff get that handicap down and start beating your friends ass in games so all
0: right well the elephant in the room if we're talking money is going to be Dustin Johnson collecting a cool $15 million this weekend.
1: Collecting an elephant's nutsack full of money.
0: <laughs> that is, yeah, that's one large purse. Um, and then on top of that, I think it was half the field at least was making a, a million dollar bonus or making at least a million bucks. Um, at least the top 10, I know. So just absolutely asinine money getting thrown around on the PGA Tour this last week. And... It is a season long thing, and you see guys that uh, they make four or five million throughout the year, and then they cash in on another four or five million. So they're making 10, 12 million in a season, which is basically if you're not an idiot, you're set for life. Um, and a lot of these guys that are in the top, you, you hardly see them fall off super quick. And so they're going to make in the. I would say a couple million dollar range for their career for another 10 years or whatever. So these guys are all set for life, but that's beside the point this weekend. It was kind of a weird setup. Uh, as everyone knows, if you follow the PJ tour at all, they switched it over. I think it was last year to, as opposed to doing a points race, they went to East Lake and they basically, they started Dustin Johnson at 12 under par and they kind of, took a few shots off for, who was it, uh, John Rahm was at 10, um, Rory was at 8 or 6. Anyway, they basically started guys off with a lead. So it's not necessarily a points race, but it kind of is. And I, I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest with you. I don't know what you think, Spencer, but I, I personally don't love the format of it. And it's kind of six one, half dozen the other, but it just doesn't feel right, somebody starting with a lead in a tournament.
1: No, honestly, it had me fucked up, because <laughs> I looked at the leaderboard on Friday, and I was like, I thought they were starting on Friday and playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, And Monday DJ's already 12-under. And I'm like, how the fuck is this motherfucker 12-under already? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know he's hot, but he's I not did, that hot. Yeah, I know he's cooking, but my God, 12-under in one day? And, and then I was like, well, maybe I screwed up, and the dates are wrong. And maybe they started on Thursday, and then I will go back to Thursday. There's nothing there. So yeah, it did. It had me screwed up for a little while. And it is kind of an interesting way of doing it because now the way it is, they're basically guaranteeing that the dude that's in first, if he wins again, he wins the whole FedEx Cup race. But back in the day, I used to remember like a guy would come up from the rankings of nowhere. He he eke his way in. If you guys don't know, like PGA Tour playoffs, once they start, I believe it's four weeks
0: uh you yeah i think they did they shorten it a week it used either, to go 125 to 100 to 70 to 30 and then a winner i think this I year think they went
1: 125 to 70 to yes 30 to a winner so they start a tournament they have 125 players the top 70 from that make it to the next one then the top 30 from that make it to the pga the tour championship if you will that was played this weekend in east lake and of those thirty players, like we talked about, Dustin Johnson started with the lead. But basically, what I didn't like about it in the, what used to be how it w- was, how it went. <laughs>
0: what uh, it used to be, how it was. Uh,
1: well, how it used to be is a guy could sneak into the top seventy, sneak into the top thirty, and then all he had to do—I'm making this sound easier than it is—but all he had to do is win the tour championship, and he won the whole thing if he just won it straight up. So, and it, it doesn't—the points don't make sense for you to win. So let's say you get a bunch of top 10s or top 20s all year, hang around in the money list, hang around in the top 10 or top 30, top 40, and then you win one tournament at the end and you win the whole thing. So I don't I don't necessarily know if this is the way to go, the way they're going now. I, it is weird, but at the same time, I like it from a standpoint of the actual, the winners are going to win. Like the guys that have won all year and played the best all year are going to win the Tour Championship and going to win the FedEx Cup.
0: But think about it this way. It doesn't matter what seed you are in the NBA playoffs does it? NFL, any, MLB, anything? It doesn't matter. If you make the playoffs, if you continue to play well enough, you should be rewarded for that. I mean, the New York Giants back in the late 20, 2000s, whatever, they were not the best team all regular season, but yet they eked their way into the playoffs and they, they won Super Bowls that way. You know, so... I would like to think that the guy that gets the hottest, if he makes it into the playoffs, and it's just kind of a... You can't really compare it to any other team sport. But I would like to see, like, if a dude won the... What is it? The Deutsche Bank at 70... Or the 70-player field. And then they won the Tour Championship, they could win the year-long points race. Like, I'd say that's the equivalent to, like, a Super Bowl. So... It's just, anyway, it's just a weird setup. It's just different. Not a lot. And I, I don't think it's like a purist thing, because I'm not really a golf purist. But I still just thought it was weird and not not huge on it. But the, the most fun part of the Tour Championship, I think, to almost everybody, is all these putts coming down on 18, all these shots coming down on 18. They're literally worth millions of dollars. Like, one swing. Can make you Justin Thomas made eight or nine footer on eighteen, and that made him an extra six hundred thousand dollars. And it's almost kind of that way every week on the PGA Tour event. But this the the tour championship is times about ten of a regular PGA Tour field. Yeah, I'm sorry, PGA Tour purse.
1: So Dustin Johnson, just to put this into actual numbers for you, Dustin Johnson in total this year, so he netted a little over fifteen million. In the, just the tour championship and winning, he the grossed fed- it. Or grossed, yes. Yeah. Excuse me, he grossed it. But on the year, he he's made over twenty point eight million. Just this year, in a coronavirus shortened year, he's made twenty point eight million. That is, like to put that into context, that's more than all but seventy seven, seven seven. Total PGA tours have made in their entire career. PGA tour players, tour, yeah. Oh. so seventy-seven PGA tour players have more than Dustin made more in their whole career than Dustin Johnson made just this year alone. Yeah,
0: it it's nuts, and it
1: keeps growing. The, the value of money is going. You know, gas costs more. Yeah, hourly oh, wages inflation. Are going yeah, down. inflation Every, is crazy,
0: and and the game of golf has taken off in the last ten to fifteen years, well, twenty years with Tiger. Um, pretty much everybody can go. Just write Tiger a check. All the guys on the PGA Tour can just pay him a dividend for what he did for the game of golf because the the purses never used to look like this. One of my buddies, Eric Hallberg, his dad, played on the PGA Tour. I think he won three times, played on the Tour his whole career, but it was back in the, I want to say, 90s into the early 2000s, and I think he made three and a half four million million, $4 million. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but in today's context if he were to have the same type of career he would have made probably four to five times that so golf has not necessarily followed inflation it has but it also followed the tiger effect where purses just went through the roof tv ratings went through the roof attendance went through the roof and everybody got better like the game of golf got better because of tiger so they can all thank him for all the money they're making but, yeah, I mean, making $20 million in a season, especially because golfers, too, do a lot more ad deals. I mean, you don't see anybody in the NBA that's wearing an ad on their jersey that they're personally making money off of. You know, these guys on the PGA Tour, when they put logos on their shirts and on their hats and on their bags, they're personally benefiting directly from that. So that is the biggest difference between... NFL, NBA, all of that and the PGA Tour because these guys, I mean Phil Mickelson, well let's put it in context here. Tiger's career earnings are over somewhere in the yeah, well yeah, they're they're over 120 golf. million just on the golf course. He was the first athlete to ever reach the net worth of a billion dollars or earn a billion dollars. So think about that. Less than 15% of his overall net worth came from actually purses on the PGA Tour. So his, I mean, and he's larger than life. It's not necessarily comparable, but it, it did happen. Like the guy makes an absolute ass load of money in sponsorship deals. So it, it's it's a horse of a different color.
1: Well, and some something to put in context too, just how we talked a little bit about inflation and how the PGA Tour money is going up and up each year is, so Dustin Johnson, I was reading an article on uh, golfchannel.com. Dustin Johnson, his first... Career kind of big check he made was $113,000 which was back in 07 I believe he made $113,000 getting 10th at the Sony Open and just in 13 years which is a long a fairly long fairly long amount of time but this year so the Sony Open was played this year before coronavirus hit and a top 10 finisher this year got $180,000. Same tournament same everything but that's Roughly $65,000, $66,000 in difference in 13 years, just getting the same place in the same tournament. It's silly how much money these guys can make. Um, But we want to talk about, too, is, yeah, we see $15 million, but Mitchell's got a real good feel for kind of what it costs these guys to play. You know, not necessarily playing in tournaments, but all the different teachers, everything they've got.
0: Yeah, and the crazy thing is, too, Golf has changed in so many ways, but I would think the biggest way is golf is an individual sport on the course, but off the course, in the practice facilities, in the gym, in on the psychologist chair, uh, these guys have a full-on team of people around them. The golfers used to take their family and they'd take their RV out and on the PGA Tour and they just follow the PGA Tour around and it was their family and maybe they had a swing coach. Now you've got a, a psychologist, you've got one or two trainers, you've got a putting coach, you've got a short game coach, you've got a full swing coach, and then you've got a manager, a caddy. A, I mean, let me put it this way. Long story short, after you pay everyone, you're netting. I bet these guys on the PGA Tour net about well okay let's also get this out of the way after they pay taxes which is about 40 depending on where you live which is about 40 to 60 percent
1: hence why a lot of these players like to live in florida and texas no
0: state income tax in either state
1: state. can you imagine looking at your just our paychecks our minuscule paychecks which we'll get into (laughs) here shortly but our minuscule paychecks that Just that state income tax that comes off each of those, you're like, shit, if I had that extra, like I could have this, or I could have that in a year.
0: I could have another tank of gas. I, <laughs> I mean, can
1: drive my fucking broke ass to work another <laughs> week.
0: <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people who don't know, that is the reason why most PJ Tour players live in either Texas or Florida. And the richest of the rich live over in California, a.k.a. I think that's just Phil Mickelson. Like, tiger tiger's even smarter than that i i don't know why he doesn't live in california maybe just uh i don't know if they don't have perkins out there or anything but
1: <laughs> for the record fuck california <laughs> yeah I, i'm yeah, not a big when california I went to college guy college at colorado uccs seniors car at Colorado springs i swear to god 50 percent of the kids were not from colorado which is fine that's great but They're i like swear oh my god it's so cheap out here 90 like, percent of off. the people that were not from colorado so the 90 of the 50%, 50 percent 50 60 percent were from california and uh, other than a few of my friends if you're listening from california and you're listening to this i love you
0: will uh, manning cool legend. dude yeah legendary Chris
1: ingram legend uh head pro at pasatiempo by the way in california we're gonna go check that out do a big drive live there uh will works at berlin game in california extremely exclusive club these are guys i grew up well went to college with but most of the people from California get our douchebags, and I, I don't. not a big Yeah,
0: guy I'm guy. not a big California guy, but I mean, Phil and Tiger both grew up there. And so Phil actually just moved to Florida, I think. But he was living in California for the majority of his life. And for the, those who do not know, he was paying about 60% of his annual, no, I'm sorry, I think 40% of his annual income to state income tax with the tax bracket he's in and everything. It's in the 40 to 60 region. I don't have the exact numbers, but he was paying a metric shit ton of money every year just to live in California. And he made so much. He just didn't give a shit. So only the richest of the rich live out in California. um, But most stick around Florida or Texas. And it's just the logical thing to do on, on top of being able to golf year round um where where were we i we went down a a rabbit hole and
1: basically we were talking about how much money tour players made oh yes and then we were going to go into how much money pga professionals make so anytime you tell somebody i tell somebody i'm a pga pro they're like oh so you're on tv i'm like no no (laughs) you got me fucked up (laughs) you've got me fucked up i am waking up at 4 a.m going to work grinding it's a gr- Teaching it lessons, a checking people in. Yeah, it's...
0: It's the people that make it worth your time. Mm-hmm. It really
1: is. But people think that it's easy. And we're going through a new ownership change at the Valley Fund right now. Not necessarily new, but in the process of this year doing that. Still switching
0: things over. And
1: these guys haven't owned a golf course before, and I'm trying to tell them what I do, like show them what I do, and it doesn't feel like a lot. You can't really put
0: your finger on exactly what we do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we do get a lot of shout-out to the Colorado snow. We got a couple days (laughs) kind of off-ish, not having to do much the last couple of days other than set up tournaments, which is something that we basically... That's one of our jobs, setting up running tournaments, making guests happy, but...
0: Well, like one we're, of the one of the guy, well, one of the our new owners, he thought Spencer left early yesterday, and Spencer wasn't even supposed to be in here or at work yesterday. And also, what he doesn't know is we're both going to be at the course these next two weekends, probably from six to five, both days, both weekends. We're each taking like one day off a week. We're going to be there a shitload. So he you know, it, you don't quite get the recognition you deserve. It's, I wouldn't say it's thankless, but let's put it this way. We don't do it for the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've we have we've got a couple side gigs, you know, including this DNVR stuff, which is awesome. Um, but that's how we make it. We do it, fine. Yeah. We, we're just fine. We invest. Yeah.
1: We, we investors, <laughs> possibly you,
0: possibly you,
1: but, um, yeah. And it's like, we, we work. Fairly long hours in the summer. We work less hours in the winter. We're still there doing stuff. It's not like we just sit around and do nothing when there's no golf. We make well the snow. We found out just we depends. Can make some fire TikToks. So if you haven't checked that out, check us out on TikTok at dnvr underscore golf. Mitchell dancing was the highlight of my day today from our TikTok, and we're gonna get that off and running. Kind of show we're gonna do more like instructional Inst- yeah. and not necessarily always being trying to be funny, if you will, on the TikTok um but uh, we're getting some help from our high school kids. Shout out Caden. He's kind of teaching me how to run the TikTok as I call it. Yeah,
0: this is the first time I've ever really felt old. I mean, I'm only 25, but I'm like, how do you do this shit? It like Twitter's relatively uh self-explanatory everything, but TikTok's confusing as shit. Anyway, if we're going to get into a little bit of uh club pro life, club pro money versus tour pro money, um Basically, let's just put it this way, from our jobs alone at the golf course, a guy could probably finish, uh, he could make the cut and finish top 25 and, or uh, top 50 and cover us for the year.
1: At and, least. In one turn, yeah, cover I mean. us for a couple years. That's
0: just a, a, a kind of a generalization, but yeah, it's it's definitely not super lucrative, but the way we do make some of our money a decent amount in the summertime is lessons. And that is one of the benefits to being a, a golf pro is you can make 70, 80, 100, 100, depending on where you teach, 150, $200 an hour. So that's how golf courses justify paying club pros, borderline minimum wage, or, you know, that's a generalization too. I don't know exactly what everyone else makes, but um, that's how they justify it is depending on how much lesson money they take. Shout out the value of fun. We get 100% of our lesson money. Um, but that is how they justify paying us a lower wage than an average job. Basically they're letting other people pay us. It's almost like a server, you know, servers get a lower wage because they get tips. It's not quite as extreme with us, but that's how they, they justify paying us what they do.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to say what I make because I feel like that's a douchey thing to say. Uh, and people are the older I get, the more I realize people are really kind of. Yeah, I, I about really that. don't give a shit. I like Spencer never...
0: and I really don't personally care. Yeah, but a lot of other people do.
1: But for a golf professional in Colorado, the 50th percentile, so cutting it right in half, you're looking at 53,200 as of the recent census of it, just a couple of weeks ago. 90th percentile, you're making 73k. So really, you're maxing out about 80,85, and if you teach lessons on top of that, which a lot of GMs and really head pros and directors of golf don't teach a ton of lessons. I found that out a lot this year when I got promoted to head pro. I don't teach as much lesson as many as much lessons. I don't teach as much English classes as I should either. <laughs> no, but I don't teach as many lessons because I'm so always doing bookwork. I'm always trying to get that. You know, there's always these little things that come up every day. Like our actual day-to-day jobs are pretty easy and pretty straightforward. But it's when you show up and when there's people there and they're coming in and out. You never know what you're going to get from each person. Somebody could come in and order a club, then you got to go through that whole process. And there's just so many different things that we do each day that you can't really quantify, essentially. And For sure. The phone calls—I swear to God—some nights I go to bed and I hear the Spring Valley phone ringing in my dream. Oh, 100.
0: I, I apparently I took a nap the other day and I was woken up unexpectedly, and I was like, the tea sheet's full. <laughs> like I just—that's what I was dreaming about. Like literally having a nightmare about the T sheet being full. I can't get people out on the golf course. Like this is, this is real life shit here. (laughs) Like this is what we really do go through on a day in day out basis. I was lucky enough. I taught a pretty good amount this year and that's definitely some good scratch in the summertime. Um, but it's just so tough. Like Spencer said, when
1: junior camps are a fucking money pot. Yeah.
0: Junior camps are a good spot for sure. Um, I don't want to knock anyone because some kids do like taking it seriously, but a lot of kids, they're just there because their parents didn't want to deal with their shit for three hours. So they're like, Oh yeah, that's not bad. Just throw them in there and their kids. We just make sure nobody hits each other in the head. There's nobody bleeding out their ear. We feed them lunch. We put, we have some fun with them and then we send them back to their parents and it's a pretty lucrative deal. We do three or four of those every summertime. Um, But really other than that, our day-to-day is a, a totally different deal um, than a lot of people think it is. And here's a little point of reference, too. Like, I was going to get into this a little bit. Um, if you, like, PGA Tour coaching, if you're strictly a teaching pro, that is where you make your money. And usually it on the lower level, like, uh, not lower level, but like a high-end country club or something like that, I know... A guy, well, anybody over a car at a golf club, which we're only 15 minutes from, but totally different world than the Valley of Fun. Um, their minimum per hour rate is 150 per hour, uh, which is double, over double what we charge per hour. Um, and then they they do a myriad of different things, but and it's just a different world, but these they actually have a teacher over there. I, I don't know if they even pay him anything. I'm not trying to speak out of turn once again. But I don't even know if they pay him anything, and he strictly just teaches all day. But if you think about it, I mean, if the guy's charging 150 to 200 an hour and he's given five, six lessons a day, then he's going to make a living in four or five months. A pretty damn good living. If, if he can teach from May till October on a relatively full-time basis, he'll make six figures or more. Um, but... What I was gonna say is Dustin Johnson's coach, and the funny thing is too. So his coach is Claude Harmon. But that dude, if you know what his swing looks like and you know how he operates, he doesn't need a coach. He being a PGA tour coach is I. I, I can't really say this. From experience, but it's got to be one of the easiest jobs out there. Well,
1: I feel like it's more like I did tweet that out by the way from my personal account. I thought it was from the DNVR golf account, but it's from my personal account. It was a picture of Dustin Johnson practicing, and his wrist is—if you look at his wrist in the picture—super flexed. Yeah, it's super flexed, and his
0: his left wrist is in a position. I
1: tweeted and I said, "Don't try this at home because you can't do it," and it's a flat out fact and i feel like you're right whereas they don't they have an easy job but at the same time their pga tour coaches are more of a safety net like yeah. even pga tour players will get in slumps where they can't hit a ball straight they can't hit a ball any way they want they can't do something and that's when they have those guys that they go to
0: well yeah that's the thing is the pga tour coaches they are like damage control they if something goes completely awry that's when they're there but when guys are playing good It's basically just like a don't fuck it up type thing. So they've got it really good and getting back on subject here. Claude Harmon probably got paid and usually um, teachers on tour, they have a, like a retainer. They're almost like a lawyer. They have a retainer fee, so they get paid weekly depending on how much money the guy's making and all that. And then they have a percentage of a purse that they, of a guy's earnings throughout the year that they make. So on the low side, even if he made even if he's at 3% of Dustin Johnson's earnings, he made close to $750,000 off of just Dustin Johnson this year. And he's got half a dozen other tour guys. So you're talking millions and millions of dollars. And that's not a whole lot of teachers. I'd say there's a handful of guys on tour that have five, six PGA tour guys in their quote unquote stable, um, they, that they teach, but talk about lucrative. I mean, they basically sit on their couch, watch them win and collect a check, you know, and that's a lot of it has to do with pedigree. These guys build their name up over time. They, they really do earn that, but it's kind of a right place, right time thing. I mean, personally, Hank Haney should have never been allowed to work with Tiger Woods. Um, and everyone's like, "Oh, Tiger won with Hank Haney." Well, that's because Tiger Woods is one of the best athletes ever. Reg- if you're not even if you're it, talking golf,
1: it's t- it's that's like saying Eric Spolstra is a really good NBA. It, coach. Exactly, Steve Kerr. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe he is, maybe he's not. Yeah. But when you got LeBron James or you got a roster like the Warriors rolled out there with four perennial All Stars and a fifth guy that doesn't matter, it's not Steve Kerr. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. Like, yeah. When you get to the pros, coaching is extremely overrated. It's about managing personalities, and it's about managing your team in your locker room. Exactly. In high school, football, college football, college sports, that's when coaching really takes off, and those kids can really grow into professional athletes. But at the professional level, it's not about motivating them. It's not about any of this shit. They, these guys are ready to rock. you got to put them in the right spots, and that's about it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, these guys, uh, I wouldn't say they have it easy, because there's... A lot of uh, pitfalls uh, I don't know maybe traveling a lot being away from your family that's probably the worst thing I can think of but Claude Harmon was posted in a picture with Dustin Johnson hopping on his private jet after he just won the uh, FedEx Cup and I think there's probably worse gigs out there for sure like if he if Claude Harmon came up to me and said hey do you want to trade gigs I'd be like yeah, I'll think about it sure like 100 percent Easy job, relatively speaking, and those guys make an absolute ass load. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk about. I'm
1: crack another breakthrough here. Get myself a little strawberry sky.
0: Yeah, you'll love to see it. Um, we're going to talk about money with your buddies and.
1: How you guys, how us as club pros, as people on the lesser scale money wise, can go out on the golf course and make money yourself.
0: Yeah, so we'll start relatively basic. Our, our most normal game, I'd say, is either we go front-back total. And one of the upsides is you uh, don't... Usually, if you're not playing horrible, you won't lose too much money, depending on, obviously, what you're playing for. One of the downsides is if you're playing really well, um, you don't win that much money. So, basically, let's lay it out real quick. Uh, you win the front 9 by 2 you lose the back nine by one, you still win the total. So you win the front and total, lose the back.
1: Well, and let's describe. It. This is in match play. So yes,
0: this is strictly match play. Match not play, real
1: play. quick for you guys, is basically you go hole by hole. And match play is fun to play with your buddies because it takes stroke, kind of takes strokes out of the example. Like I know a lot of people that I play with, even me, even us. Most times when we're playing a fun round, we're not serious grinding for a stroke play score. If we want to take an X on a hole, which means not finish, or take an eight or a nine, it, you only lose one hole. If it's not, you take a nine and the other dude makes a par, which is a and four you're down five and you're shots. down five shots. Exactly. Yeah. You're down one hole. So we'll preface it with that.
0: Yeah. But so say you win the front by two and then you lose the back by one. You still win the total. Basically the front and not front and back cancel each other out. So say you have a 50 front, 50 back, 50 total. The winner's only making 50 total because they're only winning the total. They lost the back. They won the front. Those cancel out. And so you're only winning 50, but the loser is only losing 50. Um, and if you're, but if you are playing real poor, like we did last week against Chris and Corey, we lost front, we lost back, we lost total. Yeah, which we was had a thir- chance.
1: We had a chance at the end at the last hole to win the, win the last hole, which won the back, which was basically a $60 hole for us at that point. And Corey made birdie and just buried
0: swapped us. in a 30 footer. Yeah. He buried us. It was but horseshit.
1: we had a chance to only, we were playing not great all day. And we had a chance to only lose thirty dollars at the end if we would have won number eighteen.
0: Yes, and then we'll get into another thing called pressing, which is basically going double or nothing on your bet. So, say you get down, and some people do it different ways, but say you're down three after fifteen holes. So there's three; you're three down with three to go. You're technically dormy, so you could st- you can't win that first bet. If you're playing a full 18-hole match, you cannot win that first bet. If you're three down through uh, 16, you have three to go. So you can press the bet. So say, just for round numbers, you're playing for $100. There is no way you can win the $100 in 18 holes. You'd have to go to extra holes, whatever. But if you're just playing a standard 18, there's no way you can win that bet, the, the original bet. So then you say, hey, let's press it. So you can press and you can play the last hole, basically, last three holes, I'm sorry, double or nothing. So if you lose two of the last three, um, you are, or if you end up one down, it doesn't matter if you push two, lose one, whatever. If you lose, if you go one down after the last three holes, you lose a total of $200. But if you win in those last three, you can cover your ass for the first 15 holes that you lost or were down and then there's also a roundabout way where say you're three down with three to go you can press you can win the next three holes and push your original bet and then win the press on top of that and end up making a hundred dollars and that is a real shitter i've been on both sides of that that is not fun
1: yeah nothing's worse than losing to a press uh, it's you play great the whole day, you fall apart the last few holes. They pull something out of their ass, and they Charlie Wyatt's a guy that presses all the time. And I've I, once you some press... some people don't
0: press until they win. Yeah. It, otherwise, you can just bury them. It's basically chasing your tail. Yeah. Exactly. If if you know a sports better that chases their tail, it's the equivalent of that.
1: That's betting the Sunday night football game for twice what you bet all <laughs> the eleven o'clock and two o'clock games because you're trying to make come back and get your. Uh, get your cash out that monday morning but another way to play a gambling game on the golf course is called a skins game and skins for those of you guys that don't know is basically the lowest score on a hole between whatever group like you can do skins game between 200 people you can do a skins game between four people and if you do a skins game it's basically if one if two people push on a hole two of the four there's no skin so you can kind of put money in a pot let's say it's 30 dollars, 40 dollars. Um, let's say it's $50, just to make the math easy, and you have four players, that's a $200 pot. Let's say there's five skins, one, each skin is 40 bucks. So you can—
0: If you it, won three of those, you make 120
1: Yeah, exactly. So you just have to get the lowest score on a whole of anybody in your group, and that allows you to win some money without having to necessarily— You could shoot 100, it, yeah.
0: make three good birdies, exactly. and be, become the winner out on top at the end of the round yeah so that's not the way i prefer to play it and you you got to kind of know what type of player you are too because
1: uh it can change like sorry I, handi- I lost my train of thought there between for a handicaps and all that kind of stuff you can really make it there's a lot of different games you can play and we'll get into that a little bit more um but first before we get out of here and finish this podcast we want to do our our segment—you uh, you love to see it, you hate to see it—and uh, I'm gonna start with mine because it's completely off the wall, not about golf at all. Um, this young gentleman here in uh, <laughs> Thailand—he f- he went through an ordeal. Wouldn't on happen anywhere night. but
0: Thailand. Really. Um,
1: he sat down on the toilet and suddenly felt some tremendous pain as a four-foot non-venomous python came through his pipe. And bit him on the python, <laughs> and uh, so this is in Bangkok. I should probably we should probably start calling it Bangkok.
0: Python versus and, python
1: action. But on that joke, but yeah. So this poor gentleman, little kid, not a little kid, but teenage kid, got his got his dick bit. There's no other way of putting it. He got his dick bit by a python. So check those pipes. It's getting cold out here in Colorado. Make sure there's no uh, there's no pythons around here. But make sure, except for the one I got on both my arms he yeah I whatever he
0: <laughs> keep digging digging that hole there over but there.
1: Uh, you just hate to see your 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 python getting bit by a real life python
0: yeah that's that can't be fun um so my love to see it hate to see it is actually another uh i'm sorry hate to see it brooks kepka withdrew from the u.s open still citing injury i don't know if his ego got a little tainted after uh dustin johnson collected that big check after he took a couple shots at Dustin Johnson in a press conference or if he's actually injured, but it just sucks whenever you have a guy that you know is a big game hunter that's going to put up a decent fight, but apparently he must've not felt like he was going to have a decent chance at doing anything if he withdrew because he's that kind of competitor. He's an athlete. Even if he's not hundred percent, if he thinks he has a chance, he'll still come out and do it. So uh, you just hate to see it, and the dude's a headline grabber. He, he's brought a lot of people into golf, so I, I don't think the viewership will necessarily be down, but I think there's a, a few people that are going to be pretty disappointed he's not playing in it, so that is my hate to see it for the week.
1: And, of course, our favorite segment, Don't Be That Golfer. Oh, There's so many fun ones, and I, they'll just keep coming, but my Don't Be That Golfer for the week is don't be that golfer that is the guy that hits on the range outside the ropes or behind the ropes of a fucking driving range. Yeah. That drives me nuts at working at a course, but it also, so that may be my mindset. It but, can be
0: possibly dangerous. Yeah,
1: and it's just annoying. It's like you're not that fucking good. I, walked, I watched some dude like hit 10, 15 thin ass wedges in a row from behind the ropes because there wasn't enough grass on the ropes i'm like dude you're not hitting the fucking grass anyways back (laughs) you've topped the last 15. move that ass up you're not that good you're ruining the whole flow of the range so if your buddies do that you do that quit doing that straighten them out there's ropes out there for a reason some places they have mats you hit off the mats it's not that hard if you want your golf course to stay in good shape especially your driving range Fucking hit in the right area because there's a method to that madness. They don't just put it there for fucking no reason because they're bored. That's how they do it. So hit between the ropes, hit in front of the ropes, hit on the mats, whatever it is, but don't be that guy that decides to just go all fucking willy-nilly and hit wherever he wants on the range.
0: I like that one. That was good. Um, Mine is going to be pretty relatable to these last couple days, and we've only had a couple of guys, but you always have at least one guy on a snow day that rolls into the pro shop and goes, can I get out for nine? And they're just fucking around. But it's like, dude, it's so <laughs> old anymore. Like, I'm so fucking done hearing it. Just stop.
1: Golf jokes, there's a lot of them. And we may bust out a few because some people do think they're funny. But when you've heard the same thing, I, yeah. I don't know how many times I've heard, can you turn the heater up? Or yeah. can you turn the fucking AC on? Can you outside? turn the wind down? Like, do I look like God? No. No. I can't turn the wind down. I've heard that joke. 74 I might look times like God, morning. but
0: I'm not God.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I've heard that joke 74 times. And it's nine thirty in the morning. I'm out. Stop.
0: Yeah. Generally just golfers talking about the weather and I even catch myself doing it. Cause I don't know what else to say to somebody. They just like stare at me and wait for me to say something. I'm like beautiful day today. And then it kind of gets me through a little awkward small talk and we move on with our day. But I mean, just don't be that guy. It's clearly, we had three inches of snow on the ground Um, you're not playing golf. They're like, oh, get the colored balls and snowshoes, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, leave the pro shop. Head home. And and second of all, just call and be like, hey, it, I, I mean, I know you live a decent ways away or whatever. And why drive out to a place just to, do you think I'm lying to you? Like one guy, he's like, oh, I was driving out from Parker and, um, real nice guy, but. Driving out from Parker and he's like, Oh my God, look at all this snow. I'm like, yeah, you could have called and known that in five seconds. Yeah. Exactly. You didn't need to spend an hour of your day in the car to come witness the snow for yourself. Like, just give us a call. Um, we don't love phone calls either, <laughs>
1: but, but we <laughs> that's besides the point. It's better than somebody <laughs> showing up to our face because at least we can slam. If
0: you can't face. tell by the end of the summer, we get a little burnt out. We're ready to not see 300 people a day for a couple months preferably four to five exactly um but yeah just give us a call don't show up out of nowhere and be like oh can i get on for nine no you can't so that's my don't be that golfer
1: and uh so before we get out of this out of this podcast before we finish this baby up uh we do want to remind you guys like i said earlier use the code BDE to get ten dollars off a golf membership but you can also use the code bde and get 10 percent off anything at the DNVRlocker.com. they just got the Sambor shuffle shirts in there's a lot of cool rocky shirts finish it they're finishing up the season um, there's gonna be some great Bronco stuff coming out from them and also look out for a BDE shirt coming up soon I've been talking with them a little bit we'll probably get that going hopefully next week or in the next couple of weeks also you guys were or we're, we're creating the valley of fun in in video game form so if you haven't downloaded PGA 2 or 2k 21 get it uh, whether for Xbox ps4 whatever you gaming system you use Get PGA Tour 2K21. These last couple of days of snow have allowed us to build the, the Valley of Fun a little bit more. We've got through about the first 12 holes, 13 holes. We're trying to make this as sick as possible. But we're going to start a society. So hit us up uh, on Xbox. We'll give you our username. Hit us up on DNVR underscore golf. Um, or at me, I'm at Big Drive Spence. He's at Big Drive Mitch. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hit us up at DNVR underscore golf on Twitter. When tournament's going on, we love to talk with you guys, talk swings, talk money talk whatever you guys want to talk about but we're going to be getting a society going on pga tour 2k 21 so all of us in colorado when we don't when we can't make actual tea times here in a couple months we'll be able to get on there play golf together as a group and have a good time so uh, with that you guys this big drive spence and big drive mitch signing off we'll talk to y'all next time